And for those of you that uh, that don't know, Advent is Advent is the season that we acknowledge and recognize the waiting of God's arrival into the world. And so that that started with the story of Israel waiting for the Messiah. It continues with our story waiting for Jesus' return. But but it also is um, true that we're all awaiting for God's breakthrough in our lives um, throughout life. And so I'm going to pray and open up with us. Lord, um, we thank you. I pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation um, as Paul prayed, that we might know you, the hope to which we were called, and that you might give us the riches of the glorious inheritance you have for your saints. And so, God, I pray that um, you would bless both hearing and speaking of your word today and let us come to know you and who you've called us to be more deeply. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Um, In Luke 1, uh, we find the story of Mary before um, we get to the story of Jesus. And in Luke 1, 28-33, I want to, you to, to read the encounter Mary had with the angel. It says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. When I read about Mary, I'm reminded of the desire that most people I know have. In some form or fashion, we want something or some we want things birthed through us that are that are God-given things. Cad's making his joyful noise. Sometimes that desire is the sort of sort of thing that can drive us to do healthy things and unhealthy things. But but when God births something We don't have any control, but we do have stewardship. So what God does is He first sends an angel, and then um, Mary goes to see her cousin, and her cousin testifies to this child that was within her. And Mary is initially... Her, her initial emotions are surprise and fear, but eventually gratitude. I want to read what, we, what we've already read in these, in these Advent readings um, from Mary's words in Luke 1. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in, my, in God my Savior, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. I want to read verses 52 through 53. They might be the ones that make us most uncomfortable. It says, He brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. There's two groups of people talked about here. The humble and hungry, and the powerful and the rich. Come back to that. In Psalm 27, 13, verses 13 through 14, this is a very like common psalm that is read. It says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. How many of you have ever read this psalm? Advent, the Advent story is a story of God's arrival. That's the main story, is the story of God's arrival. But the story beneath God's arrival is the story of man waiting for God's arrival. Like, when we read what the Scriptures prophesy about the days ahead and what we read of Israel and what we read of, um, his, of the early church is that God is always taking His people through the process of waiting. And sometimes in the midst of waiting, there is suffering. But in the midst of that, there is hope that God is coming. And so what does it mean to wait on God? I've quoted this scripture many times in my life, sometimes with this sort of anxious desire to make all my fears go away. Like, I know you're coming in the land of the living. It's good. It's going to be okay. It's not always been like a, a faith prayer when this scripture has come to my mind. This, I, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will wait on God. But it tells us to be strong, to, to be courageous, to take heart and wait for, for God. So there's a story of a king that you guys mostly probably know. is a story of Saul. And in Saul's story, he is chosen by God. He comes to this battle. And Samuel, who is the prophet of God, tells him, I want you to go to this place, and I'm going to meet you there at this time, and we're going to bring sacrifice to God, and we're going to worship Him, and God's going to help us to win the battle. And Saul gets there, Samuel's late. I imagine prophets to be late for everything. And Samuel's late, Saul's there, and um, he's like, where's the guy? Okay, well, we're going to, we're going to do the sacrifice thing, and we're going to praise God, we're going to get the enemy, or we're going to get our, our people ready, and we're going to go out and win the battle. And that's, that's exactly what they did. They did all those things. Did the worship, did the sacrifice, got the people ready, went out and won the battle. When they, when they come back, um, Samuel says, like, you missed it. Like, that's not what God was looking for. I think for me, 
when I think of courage, when I think of take heart, like going into the middle of the battle to win the battle for God and preparing my men and preparing myself to go and make this thing happen, to conquer, that sounds a lot like courage. But waiting was the expression of courage that God was looking for. He wasn't looking for Saul to run into the battle. He was looking for a man of faith who would wait and courage. I want to go back to um, the Christmas story. Luke 2.25. Now there is a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Okay, before I keep reading about uh, Simeon, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll read a little more. I want you to see that we'll, we'll see that Simeon pointed to he was waiting for the Messiah he, he waited every day, maybe in the temple, um, for this chosen one that God was sending. And literally, Simeon's contribution to God's story is that he prayed and waited, and that he waited and prayed. Like, think about the way we conceptualize meaning and purpose, or whatever it is in our life. His contribution to the story was, he waited and prayed, and he prayed and waited. I'm going to keep reading. It says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. All Simeon did was pray and wait and wait and pray. You see, when we read the story, human stories of history, we see kings and leaders and powerful people but we, when we read God's story, He chooses to highlight people like Simeon who essentially just stood around in a temple in his old age waiting. We don't know of anything else that this guy did other than he waited. What did Mary say in her praise to God? She said, He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Thank you. I can't hear any more crackling. (laughs) We'll read that again. He brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and has sent the rich away empty. So 500 years before Jesus was born, there's this guy named Alexander the Great who conquered basically the entire, like at that point, the 
populated Western world and Near Eastern world. And in basically one generation, his kingdom was falling apart. And as, you know, as Jesus was being born, Rome was being built. And all of these leaders, these military leaders, they would, they would um, go to distant lands. Where we get the word gospel is actually from this. They would go to these distant lands and they would conquer these, um, these people and they would ha- win these battles. And they would bring back all these people in procession telling the gospel, the good news of how they had won. And they had pomp and they had banners and they had trumpets. Maybe, you know, like Kanye was leading the procession. I don't know. But they, they, had, they had everything, they, they had everything to declare like the, the gospel, the human praise that they were doing. And those kingdoms are long since dead. But the gospel that this old man who just sat in his wheelchair till he was almost dead pointed to at the end of his life, with no trumpet sound, is still to this day covering the earth as the waters the sea. Mary exclaimed that he brought down the powerful, he brought low the rich, but he lifted up the humble and the hungry. Like God's choice was, as, was for a man who went on a really long walk. These are, these are God's people leading up to this. He went on a really long walk and was almost dead. And Abraham, God came and promised him that he would one day bring forth Jesus and it would be in his son that he would have in his old age and he would be a blessing to all nations. He didn't say his name was Jesus, but he said, I'm going to use you At the end of your life, you're going to birth a son and he will be a blessing to all nations. God chose people who would be in slavery for 400 years who were still unbound from His promise so that He could deliver them to show the world through a prophetic picture of what His deliverance would look like in Jesus. God chose the smallest And the youngest in David to establish the throne that Jesus in his incarnation would inherit. God chose to use prophets who were rejected by the entire community hundreds of years before Jesus to keep telling people he's coming. Like God chose Anna and Simeon to just wait and pray. And pray and wait. When we write man's history, it is one of the rich and powerful. But God's is one of the humble and the hungry. Like man creates blinking lights, like neon lights, bar signs, about all the things we're doing. But God weaves a tapestry. Of intricate and delicate beauty. God looks more to the courage of the waiting ones 
than he does to the pride of the conquering heroes. Amen? We're going to keep reading. If you could go grab the, grab the kids. We want to finish our, um, our time doing is reading the birth of Jesus and celebrating together as a family. And I'm going to wait for a moment for them to for them to come in and where we want to finish is just taking communion together as a family and we are not doing just so you know we're not doing a candlelight um, service this morning we're going to do that this week um, at our at our house and Andrea is going to have to come up and give the announcement on that but it's going to be Wednesday um, we're going to wait for those kids together to continue the message reading. You can give us some nice little tunes. I'm going to read and I'm going to have you stand with me on these readings. Because we are people waiting, but God is a God who's breaking through into our world. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first born, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
Apologize for the technical difficulties. <laughs> Yay, clear path. All right. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and flood, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love more time let's sing joy to the world joy to the world the Lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. We'd like you to come to the table and grab the elements, and we want you to do something specific. If you can find your family and another family, um, and just just began to share like gratitude for what God has done for you and for you your family this year. But we want to take communion as family today. So take a minute and share and we'll pray together and receive.
So take a minute, find somebody and share something good that God's done this year. As you, fin- as you finish sharing, we'll, we'll break bread and drink the juice together. How many of you can resonate a little bit with the Advent story that you've had to, you've had to wait on God at some point this year? grateful that God is always faithful to answer us and this is uh, this bread and this juice reminds us of his faithfulness and so let's let's lift this together Lord we thank you 
God, for the faithfulness that is displayed in your son Jesus, the, his, broken, his broken body and his blood poured out. God, we thank you that you are faithful and that you've displayed yourself faithful. We just pray that you would um, let your death and resurrection flow through our lives, God. And let us be mindful this week of how faithful you've been. In Jesus' name, we say thank you. For one said, amen, you may receive. beautiful service. I love Christmas. (laughs) Today was our fourth and final Sunday of Advent, and it's been a beautiful Advent season. We still have one full week of that until Christmas Day. Um, And so this week's Advent prompt is to join us on Wednesday night for a candlelight service on our front lawn at 630. We love this service. It's a really special uh, time together. We'll have about, you know, it'll be about a 30, 45 minute service and then we'll hang out. So we would just love for everybody to come out, um, have some hot cocoa, sit out by the fire pits, bring your own lawn chair though, because I don't know if we'll have enough seating um, for everybody. So just uh, make a note to bring your own lawn chair. Um, And who came out last night to the Clear Path chili cook off and costume dress up? always such a fun day. We had so much fun. Thank you, Max and Laura, for hosting, as you always do. You guys are awesome. It's always so fun. So thank you, everybody, who came out to that and brought chili. Number seven couldn't make it today, but they won. Whoop, whoop, Ryan and Randy. Um, And then as another couple of quick announcements just to make note of, and all of this information will be coming to you in text and email form and all of that. Um, But this coming Sunday, the 26th, we do not have service. There will be no service on Zoom or in person. It's the 26th. Just enjoy the day with your family, hang out, recover from all the Christmas festivities. And we will then, on the 2nd of January, which is the day after New Year's Day, obviously, we will be doing a Zoom-only prayer service. So we will not be meeting in person for the next two weeks, but make note to hop on Zoom for a prayer service on the 2nd. And then on the 9th of January, we're back. So we'll be back in action on the 9th for a vision service that will be kind of outlining all of 2022, the first part of the year and what we've got going on. So we're super excited just for the next couple of weeks. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Abide Journal is out. We're so pumped about these also. These are a great thing to take into your new year, and we have them ready for you guys to pick up today. They're $20 a copy. They're so beautiful. I'm so proud of these babies. They kind of look like uh, the, uh, what are those, alabaster Bibles. So it's kind of what we molded them in after, but we're so excited about these. We would love for everybody to grab a copy. If you already paid for one, 
then you can pick yours up for free. But if you didn't, you have to pay for it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. We're going to uh, close out with a prayer. All right. Where is that prayer? Let's pray together. As we joyfully await the glorious coming of the Christ, we pray for the needs of the church, our community, and the world. God of joy and exultation, you strengthen what is weak. You enrich the poor and give hope to those who live in fear. Look upon our needs this day. Make us grateful for the good news of salvation and keep us faithful in your service until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives forever and ever. Amen. You are dismissed. Hey guys, please take a look at the journal. This is going to be how we're kind of organizing and doing prayer this next year. So $20, we'd love to have you grab that before you head out. Yes, it's a good Christmas gift too. <laughs>